Hey everybody, before we start the show today, I am very excited and proud to announce that Crypto 101 Podcast has been nominated for the Crypto Influencer Award of 2018 for Best Crypto Podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening. But please go to Crypto101Podcast.com. There's a pop-up there. Vote for us so we can win the Best Crypto Podcast. Thanks again and enjoy the show. Just a reminder that this show is not legal advice, trading advice, financial advice, or personal advice. Enjoy the show, and thank you very much. This show was sponsored by Seal Network, a blockchain-powered product authentication and service platform. Hi, I lived in China for many, many years, and China is the home of knockoff counterfeit goods. They call them super fakes. You can be sitting at a dinner table, which I have been, with somebody with an authentic Louis Vuitton and a counterfeit Louis Vuitton, and you cannot tell the difference. Superfakes are everywhere, from watches, bags, shoes, clothing, almost everything can be counterfeited. Well, not anymore. Not with Seal Network. Seal Network has created a solution that mixes blockchain technology with NFC chips. Products and brands now can embed the NFC chip into their product and with the Seal Network app on your phone, you can scan any product with the Seal Network NFC chip and confirm its authenticity. Also, with the app, you can claim ownership to a product, purchase products, and many other things. If this sounds interesting to you, check out seal.network and check out their token sale. Now, back to the show. Yo, yo, welcome to Crypto 101, the average consumer's guide to cryptocurrency. This is Matthew Aaron, and I use Exodus Wallet. And I use it because it's easy and it's beautiful. That's basically why I started using it. And so while I was using it, I was like, you know what? I really want to get them on the show just to wrap out with them and explain a little bit about why they made it their goal to make such a beautiful wallet, the past, the present, the future, why don't they have a mobile wallet, and some other questions. So I'm very happy to welcome Chris Merkel of Exodus Wallet to come on and tell us a little bit about that. But before we get into this conversation today, please go to Crypto101Podcast.com and vote for us for Best Podcast in the 2018 Crypto Influencer Awards. Also, join our Facebook page. Our Facebook page is growing since we're seeing a little bit of a bull. Now people are getting back in and the page has become a lot more lively. Go to iTunes, rate us, subscribe. It means a lot to us. Think about becoming a Patreon. The Patreons help us support this podcast a lot. Thank you very much for being our support. And now, without further ado, Chris Merkel of Exodus Wallet. Enjoy the show, and we will see you in a little bit. Chris Merkel of Exodus Wallet. Welcome to Crypto 101. Hey, thanks for having me. It's Chris Merkel. Merkel like the tree, correct? It's spelled a little bit differently, but it's pronounced exactly the same. Oh, okay. Cool, cool, cool. Chris, thank you very much for coming on the show. But what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about Exodus Wallet. I use Exodus Wallet. Exodus Wallet, I think, has always been one of the most beautiful, easy-to-use wallets in the crypto space. And what I want to go and talk to you about is how Exodus Wallet was started, what led it to having such a great interface, why that is important, how wallets are going to be, and UIs and GUIs are going to be imperative 
and fostering mass adoption of the use of cryptocurrency and then maybe Exodus Wallet in the future. And I really want to touch on a couple other things like why Exodus Wallet doesn't have a mobile wallet yet. And mm-hmm. we can just go from there and wrap out. But first, let's talk about you. Who are you? All right. What's your involvement with uh, Exodus Wallet? And we'll go from there. You're not a big fan of talking about myself, but um, I'm the vice president of community support. So anytime you uh, interact with uh, anybody in support at Exodus, that is kind of my realm. Those are the the awesome people on my team, and they, um, you know, they bring it every day, 24/7. Um, I started out with Exodus as a, an early customer before I think they even. You know, I don't know. I think there was like five assets in the wallet when I joined, but not as an employee. I hopped on their Slack. I was actually new to crypto and they had a community in their public Slack that was just totally engaging. I was able to talk every day with Daniel and JP and really there was a a bonding of philosophy. Exodus stood for everything that I believe in and it was nice to step into that space into crypto having that kind of foundation. Right on, man. Right on. And you know what I want to also touch on, I guess, a little bit is the average person, since we're you're uh, part of the community support, I bet you really get to know the users quite well and what they're facing, how they're dealing with crypto and some of the problems that they're having. So what is an average day in the life of community support? What are the community saying when they reach out to you? What's their biggest problem or biggest praise? Oh, their biggest praise is usually how awesome the support is. All that thanks goes to. We're not, we're not patting that, yourself on the back at all. No. Nope. Not nope. not not mine at all. <laughs> and, and we work. We we actually work really hard to provide the best support in this space. Um, we're a support-driven company, and so you know people get answered within 15 minutes. Right now, even sooner. There has been times where that's extended out, but that was because of massive volume in the entire space. But we still made sure we got to every single person solved every single problem. Um, we focus on engagement. We focus on building relationships. This is a, a, a space that is kind of nerve wracking for people when they come into it soon. And, mm-hmm. and Exodus is a, a wallet that's built with the new user in mind, something that's just really easy to use, You know, something that's nice to look at. And if there's ever a problem, there has to be somebody on the other end that's literally an expert in the wallet that has blockchain experience and actually cares, has a lot of empathy for the person on the other end of the email and knows exactly what they're going through. And through that, like we create this community that really stands behind Exodus in the wallet. So the typical day, I mean, you know, it, we're, we're in always everywhere. It's 24-7. You know, mm-hmm. we have agents all over the world. We're completely 100% decentralized organization. So there's never any downtime. A typical day, uh, we have our help desk software. We have public Slack. Um, we have uh, high-level engagement on Twitter. We have people on the team that are writing articles for our, our blog on Medium. It kind of goes all over the place, right? And everybody on the team operates at such a high level that they can plug themselves into actually any of those spaces and find ways to engage with customers. So let's go to the beginning of of Exodus Wallet. How did everything start and what was the catalyst? What was the motivator for the founders, for you guys, for people part of the team to make the design, the focal point of Mm -hmm. the wallet? When people see Exodus, they're like, wow, this is really great. It doesn't look like anything else. I mean, so Exodus started. What do you mean um, by it doesn't look like everything else? It doesn't look like (laughs) shit. Well, 
I'm not going to critique anybody else's wallet, but you know, if you if you've ever like used a core wallet that's built on Qt, there's a lot of things that people don't like to use stuff that isn't intuitive and that they don't like to look at. Oh like, man, it's who's going to want to? It's one of my biggest yeah. gripes in the space. It's like every time you download a core wallet or any of these other wallets, you go to you know Nav or I'm just looking at my desktop right now of all these different core wallets I have, and I'm just like, none of them look good. None of them are intuitive. None of mm-hmm. them are really easy to interact with. And that's why I have uh, Exodus. So JP and Daniel, the founders of Exodus, uh, were in the the crypto space, um, and they start. They had a, a bunch of common people that they knew, but they didn't know each other. Um, JP is the CTO, and Daniel is the the CCO, the Chief Creative Officer. Their friends were like, "Hey, you know, you guys really should get to know each other." JP is a programmer. Daniel does design. Um, they had uh, after they met, they were. You know, both of them were extremely frustrated with the class of wallet in the crypto space and and really just, you know, decided together that they could do something that was better than everything else out there. You know, everything after that's history. They got together. They, the idea was to, like, create something that technically was super simple to use and really, really, really nice to use like that it just works right that you just you pop the wallet wallet open you get your address you know you send bitcoin or or whatever crypto to it and then you can back it up and then it's just there right it it doesn't break and you can exchange your assets inside of it like you can exchange all these other assets without ever leaving the wallet one part of our mission is for people to control their own wealth the private keys never have to leave the wallet they live on your computer and you're 100% in control. So you can go ahead and exchange between all of these assets without any counterparty risk. I'm going to go back to the support. So we're talking yeah. about wallet. We're talking about, you know, private keys. We're talking about, you know, super easy to use. And then you said all the support is decentralized. When I hear decentralized, I, I think of a lot of good things. But one of the good things that I do not think of is that my support when I need it, when I have my wallet, when I lose my, when I get locked out, when I send, you know, my coin somewhere where it shouldn't have been sent to, mm-hmm. that, oh, my customer service is decentralized. Why, why is this a good thing? And how do you guys manage to have good support, yet it's scattered in the breeze? That's a really good question. So, you know, decentralized, I guess you could say, is kind of a buzzword. Typically, you would say, yeah, we're a 100% remote team. The way that we all stay organized, um, you know, we use uh, we use Slack. We're extremely active. The people that make up our support team have commented over and over that they feel so much closer to the people that they're working with in Exodus more than people that they've worked with for years in the same common office. Like we we work really hard at creating this environment and knowing that we're all customers of Exodus, too. So we can feel all of the pain points that everybody, um, you know, and we've all been noobs at one point in time. Right. So we are able to, like, really do our best to connect. And even if we can't, like there's somebody else on the team that's going to be able to do that. Um, And everybody on the team works really hard at boosting and supporting everybody else. Um, and so that's the that's the way that we can offer such a high level of support is that one, we're always on. And two, the customer support engineers, they're always there for each other. They're looking at trying to help everybody else on the team become better. 
who do you guys consider as your main competition? Do you guys have competition? When you're looking at different mobile wallets out there and yeah. you see these different, are you looking at them going, oh, well, shit, they just rolled out this feature or they did this with their UI and, and, and what have you. And you go, yeah. we got to step up our game. How do you, are you looking at the space right now and what benefits do you have to make the best wallet? Is it transaction fees that you get paid on, mm. the shape shift uh, that you're getting paid on? Is it the, the fact that you have, I don't, I don't know how the, the, you monetize a wallet. <laughs> yeah. So can we no, go that's, into like a little bit, how, a how, how do you monetize a wallet? How do you look at your competition and how do you maintain, let's say, market share? That's a really good question because technically, and we're very upfront about this, there's a lot of things that the wallet doesn't do, right? We don't have Segway yet. You can't do custom transaction fees in the wallet. Like there's a bunch of things that other wallets do that we can't do. However, the Exodus wallet, we work really hard at making sure what it does, it does better than anybody else. And so with that, you have, you know, the most beautiful wallet that's out there. Other people like I, we throw the gauntlet down. Yeah. You know, somebody please make, make a wallet that's going to challenge us to, you know, keep innovating faster. And really when it comes down to it, I mean, in this, I'm kind of biased because my whole world is support. And so, you know, the thing that we can do better than anybody else, like we have, we uh, literally, I believe that the people who are behind the technical aspects of the wallet, the coders, um, you know, led by JP, the designers led by Daniel, that they can do that better than anybody else in the industry. But we can also offer better support than anybody else. Like there may be other wallets that will try to copy us or maybe come out with features that we don't have yet. But those wallets cannot connect with the customers when the customers need to be connected with. For me, that's what really makes a difference to the wallet. Now, having the shapeshift uh, exchange inside is also a benefit. There are other wallets that have that, but this is the difference between using shapeshift with Exodus and any other wallet, that we support every single exchange ourselves. If you have a problem in Exodus that you, you call Exodus, you know, you contact us via email and we will not stop supporting that ticket until the customer receives every single Satoshi back. Like that ticket, like we're, we're adamant about like a, a ticket is not, is not finalized until we have confirmation from the customer that have all their money back. And we work really closely with Shapeshift to be able to make that happen too. They're a great exchange partner. All right, but we didn't go into the monetization. How do you monetize? Like, how does it? Yeah. How, how do you make money off a wallet? And why is this a well, business? And how do you support your team? And how did they? How does JP and uh, everybody support themselves? And yeah, that's a that's a super good question. So, um, as you know, Exodus is is a free piece of software to download. Right? You don't pay anything for it. You can use it all you want for free. You know, and we don't charge you in app updates or anything. How we monetize the wallet is by a small percentage of the spread of the exchange. So when you go to exchange, there's a, an extremely small percentage that we take a cut of. And that's what funds the wallet. I mean, that's the only way that we can exist, you know, because we don't we don't charge you for anything else. And, so this is you know, the we're exchange very, uh, from in, in Shapeshift from, you know. In, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's, a, it's the, yeah. It's the so in, you're not getting wallet, any of the transaction fees exchange. when I send my F to no. people? No, those go straight to the network. I mean, we don't we don't hold anybody's funds. The funds never come to Exodus. Like we're not a conduit for any of that money. Uh, we're just a, a, a wallet that has you know your send and received and the code inside it to be able to make sure that your money gets from one place to another. But yeah, all your transaction fees those get paid straight to the network. That little piece of the exchange fees. 
is that enough to keep the business going? Are you guys are you guys balling out? Are you guys Lambos on the moon, or is it is <laughs> no. it just getting yeah, by? Or am I yeah, in the no, wrong business? Is that, that's what I'm asking? No, definitely not. I mean, it, it's it, it, we're we're very we're very practical with balancing our teams and the needs and for innovation. Like if we don't if we if people stop exchanging, like then the wallet would die for sure, right? But as long as there's exchanges going through, um, and you know, it's literally paying the bills, man, we're going to keep, we're going to keep it innovating. So it, it is a small percentage, but it's enough. All right. Cool. 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 My next question is, is about the mobile wallet, you know, the mobile yeah. wallet game. Honestly, I think that a, a functioning mobile wallet that works on iOS, you know, that uses my fingerprint. I don't know if this is something that you guys want to do. You know, you have your Apple wallet, you go there, it says confirm your payment with your fingerprint fingerprint on the on the scanner or face id or whatever it's using now and then i'm done it, it, it's my money sent but now but with this exodus still i have to go home to my computer yeah. i have to log on i have to find the public key of the person i want to send it to send all the funds and you know what it's it's, it's a pain it's a little yeah, bit of a pain yeah why don't you have yeah. a mobile wallet yet yeah you know what it, this is that's a good question and we get it all the time like so you want to you want to know what a typical day of exodus looks like i don't know we can we can get a, a small percentage of our support tickets asking hey when is your mobile wallet going to come out it's on our roadmap we're actually currently in development of it the thing is it, with anything else in exodus man if we can't do it better than anybody else we're not going to waste our time and development and resources doing it, right? And so we could put a mobile wallet out right now, but would it be up to our standards? Like we still, this is the thing is like, we believe we actually have a lot of stuff that we need to improve and do better in the desktop wallet that we're working on. At the same time, the mobile wallet's on our roadmap. It's someplace where we want to be, but we're not going to release something until it can be the best crypto mobile wallet out there. Because you know you can go to the App Store and download your choice of a lot of really good mobile wallet. There's a lot of good ones out there. Mm -hmm. And for us to be able to be in that space... It's not about just having the mobile wallet. We know that the desktop wallet is an inconvenience for somebody, but you know what? It gives you a solid desktop experience. And right now, that is the focus. And when we can get a mobile wallet that will feel as good and operate as securely as the desktop wallet, and you'll see it, and it, it'll, it'll, it'll be great. Why do I feel that this is a cop-out answer? Now, I'm, I'm going to say this because you don't have SegWit. You don't have yep. the uh, variable fees. You know, if I'm yep. going to send my F somewhere or my Bitcoin, it charges me, you know, either, you know, 15 cents to a buck or what have you. I can't do anything about it. And now you said that your mobile wallet is because you can't make the best one. I feel like well, that's a cop-out. It's, yeah, it's not about not making the best one. It's about making sure we make the best one. But I feel that that's a cop-out answer. Here's how I perceive it from a customer. And I don't, I'm not trying to attack. But no, no, as, good. as a customer, this is how I feel. I feel that you guys made something good, that mm -hmm. everybody sat down on it at a desk, and they coded away and designed away, and they did it really hard for three or four months. And then they're just like, well, we did that. Now we're going to go get drunk for a couple of years. And, <laughs> and they haven't can't come back to, to the work table yet. And when they get back to the work table, uh, that's when we start going to see the, the wallet. But nobody's really working on it. That's how I feel. Yeah, you know what? That's a, that's a really interesting perspective. I'm going to take that and, and work on that because Exodus actually releases a brand new version of the wallet every two weeks. 
you can go to XSIO on the download page and you can look at our release Ab- history. Absolutely. And, and I and I and I get them all. And I've been using Exodus, like I said, but the wallet doesn't change. Nothing changes from the basics, the foundations. You might add, you know, die or a couple coins, adding a couple coins. I can't see it being nothing more than adding a couple logos and, you know, a new set of codes so you can get, you know, these coins into your wallet or and talk to Shapeshift, but Nothing fundamentally changes. Yeah. Well, that's that. That's partially because, right? If it's one of those things, if it's not broke, why fix it? For one, and it is a foundation, right? We're 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 constantly adding things on top of the foundation, and sometimes you see big leaps. Sometimes it's all. A- this is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming. And his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply under the hood improvements as far as the desktop wallet goes. But, mm-hmm. you know, the reason that maybe you're not seeing a lot of movement is maybe there's, you know, development happening somewhere else, like on a mobile application. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm feeling you. I'm feeling so, you. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, the mobile wallet's on our roadmap. Um, it's going to be a while. I'm not going to say that it's going to be here next month. Uh, it's not going to be here in, in two months. I actually don't have a, a timeline on it other than saying, oh, yeah, it's going to be a while. Um, we've already started to implement sending to BEC32 addresses. So SegWit, that's our, fir- that's our first step into being able to support SegWit. It's really interesting, right? A lot of these things have to do with really drilling down into the UI. Like we pay so much attention to the UX and the UI that, you know, we could just kludge a bunch of stuff together and call it good, right? But there are significant decisions to be made about how some of these technological updates actually work in the wallet and make sense and aren't confusing to people. And those will also have to translate into a mobile experience. I just made a mental comparison to iTunes. You don't use iTunes because you're not an Apple guy, right? No, I have a Mac. Yeah, no, I just don't have an iPhone. It, seem, I, I'm an, it seems I'm a, like iTunes was the best thing 10 years ago. And then yeah. <laughs> and then it just kind of, some, they stopped working on it. Like I said, they, they went out and started getting drunk. And it's like, okay, we made this. It, it was great with iPod. We killed it. Mic drop. Yeah. Yeah, um, no, I can, I, 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 can, I can see the comparison. But I know for sure how hard the development team is working. And from my perspective, like all we're doing on the support end is making the support better, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the other side of the picture here. So you have a, a couple different avenues. You know, you have these technological updates, you have the design updates, and then you also have the bettering the supporters, the support updates, you right. know, t- like really taking this time to make sure that we never fail in being 
a support driven company, right? right? We're and honestly, man, we could go out, we could do a big money grab. We could be like, okay, well, here's our mobile wallet. Here's our desktop wallet. And you know, here, we're going to start here. We're going to do an Exodus token and everybody's going to get in on it. And we could like, you know, make, <laughs> we could, we could make uh, forget the exchange fees. Like we could make a ton of money, but that's not why we're here. The Exodus mission is to allow customers to control their future wealth, to secure and manage and exchange their blockchain assets. When you're doing the support, when you're doing the design, when you're going about the day-to-day business of a user using Exodus Wallet, how much of the user's input goes into the next update, the next revamp? Because Crypto 101 is the average consumer's guide to cryptocurrency. We're talking to the average person. We're not talking to the tech guys. We're not talking to the designers. We're not talking to the coders. It's the person, Mm -hmm. the mom and the pop, that are going to go out and try to use this. If they're frustrated, if you want mass adoption, if you want them to use your wallet to buy bread at the supermarket, how much of their input is being put in right now to designing it? Since I started out as a customer, almost every single improvement that's made to the wallet has been customer-driven. It's been off of customer requests. I mean, and there's, I mean, we have a host of them. Like you want to see the, the, the big tub of, of Segwit requests or, you know, uh, like we've heard them all. Like we hear you, mm. you're going to do that. But even, even for the little things, Hey, wouldn't it be great if this button actually did this? For example, it brought me to this point. Let me see for a, a, a good example is, um, you know, there's the way to add assets, Right we started adding more assets and the only way to add them was to go click in the wallet tab, scroll all the way down to the bottom, click the button that says add more assets. And then it would take you to this add more assets page. And then Mm -hmm. you could choose your assets and pick which ones are going to go in the portfolio. Well, Mm -hmm. that's not very good UI. It takes how many steps to get there. And so we just, we added a button right on the, on the front of the portfolio page. Like, look, press this button. It doesn't say what it does, but it has a plus on it. So you pop it and boom, like, oh man, I didn't even know Exodus had all these assets. So, you know, <laughs> that's a that's a, that's a a really good example. But there's a lot of stuff that people ask for and we really dig into pain points. We research our support data to drill down to find out what are the biggest things that would bring the most value to the customer right now. And I mean, that's all we want to do is like we never make a decision without thinking of like, okay, does this add value to the customer? Is it something that we want or is it something that they want? Is it something that they're going to use? Do you think that other wallets, blockchain companies are doing that? They're looking at the pain points. Do you feel in the space that they're really digging into what the customer wants or are they just ignoring the customer? Or if they are digging into it, they're just not understanding correctly because there is a disconnect between core wallets and say your wallet or some um, user experiences and others. And I don't know where, why there's a disconnect if there is apps already made on, on the app store or in Google, is it Google Play? Is that what you guys use? <laughs> yeah, in Google Play. Just just for your listeners, there is no Exodus on Google Play or in the app store. Just, just to let you know, if you see one, it's a fake. So, um, <laughs> what I'm trying to say here is all these apps are already made. People have been making apps for a decade and they got it good. Shit works perfectly. Where's the disconnect? 
Yeah, I can't really speak for anybody else. I mean, I deal with a lot of customer support departments in crypto. I deal with a lot of customer support departments everywhere. I'm going to stick with the company that is support driven. How many other companies in this space, like to you, are support driven companies? How many people are thinking of the support first and then building something around that that serves that customer base? Mm, Good point. Like, because that's where we're, we're a support led company. 32, um, actually. 32. That's how yeah, we're... 32. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, right. Name five. Name, name five. Okay. Let's, let's continue. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I can't really say why I think people don't do things. I can guess that a lot of like people come up with these ideas and they're fantastic ideas. And they're like, hey, I'm going to build this and everybody's going to love it. And then they they put it together and they put it out there and then something like and it's working. Right. And people are downloading it and they're using it. And then all of a sudden, as soon as there's a problem, they go to contact somebody and they're like, well, wait, I'm too busy to answer the phone or to email to respond to all these emails that people are having problems. And then people just stop using them like they're not creating customers that are going to be with them for a long time. I'm not pointing fingers at anybody, but Points. when we start, we're, we're yeah, well, I don't pointers. know. I mean, no, I'm not. I'm not, a, I'm not a finger pointer. I think there's a lot of people in this space that are doing really wonderful work, but it's work on being innovative and and technological, right? And and getting something out there for the tech standpoint, and not thinking about what happens after it's out there, right? Which is where we started this company. Well, Daniel and JP started this company. I feel kind of like I was there, right? Because I was a very early customer, you know, and I, I've always kind of felt ownership over over the wall. Like, hey, this is my wallet. This is my project. They started with creating engagement, right? Knowing that a great customer experience is going to keep a customer there for life, even though it's more expensive to exchange in the wallet. People are going to pay that money with the higher spreads because they know that one, it's going to be easy, mm-hmm. that they don't even have to really think about it. They don't have to like figure out how to like place limit orders or, or do all these other things, right? Um, and they know too that if something ever goes wrong, that they're going to talk to a human that actually cares about them and that is going to work their butt off to get their money back to them. Or maybe they got their money. Maybe they have no idea that their money is actually there, but they're going to talk to somebody who's going to lead them through the blockchain and teach them, you know, how to look up an address and find their money on the blockchain, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. We do a lot, of, a tip, part of a typical support day is a lot of education, mm-hmm. which is great. And we see the gamut, man. We see, I think our oldest customer has been like 89 years old. Jeez, really? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, the support engineer that talks to them all the time, right? They've created this relationship because they know that they can go to Exodus and they're going to get their question answered, whether it's about Exodus or whether it's not about Wait, Exodus. Wait, I gotta, I gotta, we, we got to break bring this back the 80 year old nine person that's using exodus wallet what's what's their deal because now now i'm that that's that's amazing that's amazing one my grandfather doesn't know how to use use his cell phone properly yeah <laughs> and 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 what what's the motivation behind that 89 year old to get into you know using crypto um is it investment i mean i assume that he's like is it for his kids investment is it for his own personal investment is he thinking that this is the future was he a tech guy I haven't actually personally talked to that customer, okay. but we have a whole host of what we would call, I guess, senior customers. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to have this uh, gentleman who would email me all the time. And as soon as he'd email me, he didn't like using computers. He's in the Bitcoin. He wants to use the wallet. He's not in the computers, but he would ask me to call him every time. Right. And so I'd get on the phone with them. Like and then me. we would just 
Yeah, and we would just chat and walk through like how to do something in the wallet. And what he liked about it was that it was something new. I think that most of these senior investors, right, that they're like, this is something that's brand new and they're so into it. I mean, we're not talking like every single baby boomer is like into crypto, but these particular people are so into technology that they just love to play with it. That's awesome, man. That's really cool. Yeah, and is, that's really cool that you is, guys gave him a call. I mean, that's above and beyond customer service, in my opinion. We don't do a lot of phone calls, but, you know, there's a couple. Right, there's cases. Somebody, yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if there's a hat case, like, we're on it. We're going to do everything that we can to find out how somebody was hacked and give them all the information that they need to report that to the authorities. And we could do that. We do that on Skype and do that on the phone. Uh, we call, you know, typically we'll, we'll call customers if they ask us to call them if we have the capacity to do that. If you don't mind, let's get into some general questions about the about the space. What do you think of the market? Do you think it's healthy? We were just talking about this actually offline yeah. a little bit, and we were talking about what we think Bitcoin is going to go to when, and you know, putting our finger to the breeze. How healthy do you think the crypto market is? I'm not a bull, but I think that the fact that it didn't dip down below like 6,500 bucks or so, and now is back up at at, at 83.48 right now is a really good sign. I think the market is really healthy. I mean, and some people would say, yeah, $20,000 is healthy. Like, I don't know if that's actually healthy because that means that it's going parabolic. It doesn't necessarily mean that there's a ceiling there. I think it's pretty healthy. Bitcoin was regaining some of its market dominance. You know, everything else rides on the price of Bitcoin. And so you True. can use that as, as, as an indicator of how healthy the overall crypto market is. I mean, and we know it's volatile, but it's at 83, well, it's 83.55 right now. So it went up a couple bucks just as we're, as we're sitting here talking. I love um, that. You know, yeah, I mean, at this time last year, it was right about 3,000 bucks. I mean, look how long it took to get over 5,000, mm -hmm. right? And once it went over 5,000, it just took off. And so um, less than 12 months later, we're sitting at more than that. Like, I think it's actually healthy. And for me, honestly, because of everything, everybody in the space was on fire in November and December. There was not a crypto company in the world or market or anything that was not just moving at like 250%. Like, I mean, everybody was just giving everything they could right. to just support the bandwidth on the network. And so right now, it's not even crypto winter. It's kind of like crypto spring. Like there's enough time to look back and see what the failures were of like the end of 2017, especially us for like support or technology or like we're able to dig in now and really do things under the hood in the wallet right. that well, and, and with and improving the support that will help once we see that again, if we see that again. Mm -hmm. But overall, to answer your question, that was a, that was a long answer to the question. Yeah, I think the market's actually really healthy. Okay, cool, man. <laughs> Who is somebody that you look up to in the space? For example, if they're going to tweet something, you're going to read their tweets. If they mention something, you see their name in a title of a headline from whatever news source that you're going to you, you go, okay, this is the person. I'm going to see what they said. Who's that person? Yeah, I got two, actually. Um, Andreas Antonopoulos. I mean, this is personal, right? Andreas um, and Jimmy Song. I'll, I'll go three. We'll go uh, Fluffy Pony, too. Okay. You know, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a huge, I'm a huge Monero fan. So, yeah. I get Andreas Antonopoulos a lot, but I don't get Jimmy a lot. What is it about Jimmy that you respect or like about his ideologies or what he says? One, Jimmy knows what he's talking about. He's a great developer. He's put a plus. himself into... A lot of projects he 
has put enough of himself into a lot of projects that now his sole focus is educating programmers. He knows that this space is going to die if there are no new programmers to come into it. And so Jimmy's whole mission, at least from my, from what I see him, and I don't know, I don't know Jimmy's song, but I, what I see is that he is into educating. He's educating the next generation of developers to come into this space. And, you know, what better person to get it from too, because he knows what he's talking about. What projects or projects in the crypto space do you think is going to have the biggest impacts in the future? Probably decentralized exchanges. You know, that is a very common answer. And why do you say this? You know what uh, CZ Zhao of Binance said? Um, he said I the mobile wallet. Yeah, well, you know what? <laughs> no, I'm, he, you know what? He's right. When we talked about this mobile wallet earlier, like, I don't think the future of wallets is going to be on the desktop. As we move forward, the desktop wallet will become antiquated. I mean, everything's going to happen on your phone. So, yeah, I think he's right. It's, it's interesting that you mentioned Binance because I saw their, they had a blog post yesterday that they are crowdsourcing their own decentralized exchange, which is great. I mean, they're going to they're gonna get a lot of innovation out of it. So the decentralized exchange, you know, depending on what you want to use, you know, the technology of the particular exchange, the fact that you could do basically peer-to-peer -peer orders and not have one exchange, hold your keys. Like Exodus is going to have a part in that too, right? Because you'll be able to send from your Exodus wallet to this decentralized exchange and then back to your Exodus wallet address without ever having to reveal any of your private keys. Yeah, I think that the age-old large crypto exchanges, you know, they, they have kind of this network effect and there will always be a place. But I think that the decentralized exchange will probably be one of the things that changes the way people interact with um, exchanging their currencies. Like that's going to have a huge impact sooner than later. Crypto 101 is positioned to be one of those podcasts or resources or media companies that could capture the people that are first getting into the space and could actually be somebody's first podcast they listen to when they're coming into the space. The noob of all noobs, the first noob, the shiny new green noob comes out, first podcast, listens to you, you would tell them what? Yeah, honestly, I would tell I, this is what I tell everybody like, yeah, this is a great podcast, but you're going to have to do your homework and make sure that, you know, you're not just following actually everything that they're saying that you're going to research and, and go to some of the resources that they say so you can you know understand why they're saying what they're saying. Like if they said like, hey, go out and buy Ethereum today. That, you know, you should probably not just go buy Ethereum. You should, you know, research what it is and make sure mm -hmm. that it's a good buy for you. So I would tell them the production quality is pretty good. And You, you and tell them that, to, go, to go buy EOS, right? Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, not, not me. No, I was just, uh, I, I was just saying that, um, you know, I don't recommend anything in this space without telling people to, you know, make sure that they do their homework because it's confusing, right? And your podcast is great because you try to break things down simply and find guests that help people, you know, understand from a very basic level. And honestly, like, you know, that's what Exodus Wallet is for. Like, we're the wallet for somebody who doesn't want to be confused getting into crypto, mm -hmm. right? Once you onboard into the wallet, it's pretty simple and easy to use. And it feels good. You can see your portfolio, you can see all of your percentages, you can see your balances, you can dig into your wallet, and then you can pick between all these supported assets to exchange back and forth. 
before I ask this last question, I want to say thank you very much for coming on the show and spending about 45 minutes with us and chatting about Exodus Wallet, customer support, the future of wallets, design, and a little bit about the space. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. It's been great. Crypto 101 used to do like three songs with the episode, used to have like songs at the beginning, middle, end, and we stopped doing that, but we still add the songs to our Spotify playlist. Link is in the description. What three songs or one song or two songs or eight songs would you want on the Crypto 101 Spotify playlist to represent Uh, Exodus wallets? Let's see. Uh, I'm a big fan of Khaki King. I'd put uh, Ublek on there. Um, I know that uh, this Velvet Glove by the Red Hot Chili Peppers was sent up to the team playlist. And another favorite of mine is Oregon Sunset by Alcyon Massive. Boom. Thank you very much for those three songs. And before we get off, is there anything else that we want to touch on? Yeah. If um, anybody's interested in finding out more about uh, Exodus, you can go to exodus.io. That's our homepage. There's a link there to download the wallet. And if you're interested in working for a really great remote decentralized organization and a cool wallet with cool people with Exodus, um, you can check out our jobs page. There's a couple job postings there. If you think you got what it takes, go ahead and fill that out. Once again, that's uh, exodus.io. Right on, man. That's cool. So we've actually been looking at different ways for the average person or people to get into working in the blockchain space. And this might be a good route for somebody. Yeah, they should check it out and see if there's anything that you're interested in. Right on. All right, Chris, thank you very much for coming on Crypto 101. All right. Thanks, Matthew. Appreciate you having me. All right, brother. Bye. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Crypto 101. And as always, ApogeeCrypto.com. That's A-P-O-G-E-E Crypto.com. The best place to check your real-time prices. WhenMoon.co. Great place for news. And if you need a website, check out June at WPOnTheFly.co. Thank you very much. And we will see you in the next episode of Crypto 101. Welcome to another round of Drawing Board or Miro Board. Today, we talk brainstorms with UX designer Brian. Let's go. First question. You thought you'd see everyone's idea in the team brainstorm, but you've got a grand total of one. Drawing Board or Miro Board? Drawing Board, right? Because in Miro, the team can add ideas now or later. And with privacy mode, we can keep them anonymous until they're good to share. Correct. Next, you need the best way to explain your idea, but all you have is a few sticky notes. Drawing board or Miro board? Drawing board, because, you know, in Miro, I could record videos, add text, images, links, and digital sticky notes, of course, present my thoughts the way I want. Right again! Now, you're looking for a past idea you thought was just genius. Only you could find... Oh, there it is. Drawing board or... Miro. Our finished and unfinished work lives in one place. And he's one. Join over 60 million people getting ideas noticed in Miro Brainstorms. Get your first three boards for free at Miro.com. That's M-I-R-O.com. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done. 
which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.